know what's bad about all these interviews I see? I see certain interviews that quote what I said, I think to myself, I ain't done no interviews. Where did this person get this information from? I'm hearing people saying, AJ accepts 15 million to step aside. I ain't signed no contract. I ain't seen no contract. So as it stands, stop listening to the bullshit until it comes from me. I'm the man in control of my destiny. I'm the man that handles my business. I'm a smart individual. And I make calculated decisions every step of the way. Don't listen to the bullshit from other sources. If I tell you something, then you know it's real. And welcome back to the number one podcast where it seems we're all riding the Femi train to hell and oblivion. Like, I, I genuinely hope we're in the end game of this Anthony Joshua career because it's been nothing but an unmitigated disaster. Not from his perspective, he's a very wealthy man, but for the damage he has done to boxing, I think he will leave boxing in a darker place than he found it. But what, but what we're here to talk about, I think everyone understands is, you know, the, the rumor and the innuendo about 15 million to step aside or not. What's, let's, let, let, let's, let's go behind the headlines, right? Let's just go right back to how this has all been triggered. There's been chatter in the last probably three to four days around, Joshua being offered money to step aside and you're going to make Fury and Usyk happen, right? And fans have just taken this and gone, wow, yes. Because, how can I put it? When you offer people the very thing that they need, they don't need a lot of justification. It's that old marketing trick. If I can appeal to your heart, your brain will build the bridge from here to there. You know, it's the same way that when you see a woman and she's attractive, your brain will find all sorts of really clever ways to overlook the negative side. And this is how people end up in relationships and marriages that they regret because the heart's been sucked in and the brain's followed and said, we'll build a logic around it. And so that's what happens. When you get a chance at Undisputed, people think of all of these good reasons why it should happen or people think of all the reasons why it shouldn't happen. But... If you really break it down, we're no better off today than we were a week ago. We're no better off today than we were after Fury versus Wilder 3. And I think that's the damning indictment of boxing, right? So we've got all of these outlets talking about the step-aside deal, you know, and the, the rumors were 15 million for Joshua to step aside and let Usyk and Fury do their undisputed fight. And we'll come on to it later, but headline level makes perfect sense. I don't care what anybody says, right? When you look through boxing history and all the people who've, who have been paid money to step aside throughout boxing history, 15 million is an insane amount of money. You know, you know look, look at Mike Tyson as an example. Mike paid Evander to step aside so he could go to Japan and do his thing with the promise that he'd fight him afterwards. Um, Mike paid Lennox, what was it, $4 million, $6 million? So he could step aside so Mike could fight, I think it was Bruce Selden. So we act like big fighters don't take step-aside money. Vladimir gave a lot of people step-aside money so he could work through the fights that he had to get through while juggling all the different belts. Step-aside money is part of boxing. 
it's a smart business move to take it knowing that you have a guaranteed shot at some point. And if you're a good manager, you'd advise your guy to take it. There's no debating that. But in this age, you've got to kind of, you've got to look at what's real and what's fake. And then you've got to kind of zero in on the stuff in the middle because that's more informative than anything else. We're talking about this. What is it now? The last week of January, we're talking about Anthony Joshua stepping aside to fight Alexander Usyk like this has just come out of nowhere. Now let's go all the way back. When Joshua lost to Usyk, the question was already being put to him, will you take other options to allow the undisputed fight to happen? This isn't a new discussion. Right? From when he lost, there were people in the Fury camp saying, why wouldn't Joshua just take the step aside, rebuild, have another fight, don't call it a tune-up, just have another fight, and then he can fight the winner. Let Fury get on with what he needs to get on with. And these talks have been ongoing, and they were dismissed by her, and like, no, well, you know, AJ's going to invoke the, the rematch clause, this, that, and the third. And then as the weeks moved on, you got into October, November, you started to hear AJ talk about stepping aside. That it wasn't completely off the table. Right? Focus on that point there. It wasn't completely off the table. AJ has had, what are we now? 10, 11, 12 weeks post Usyk. He's had all of that time to tell the media, I am not stepping aside, I am fighting Usyk next. No debates, no discussions, nothing. I'm the money man in the division. I set the tone, like Floyd would do. Yeah, Anthony Joshua can do that. So the fact that he hasn't tells you that this has never been off the table. That's what you need to zero in on. He has been contemplating this for any number of reasons, but he has been. Okay. And now people say, what do you know? Let, let's pause for a second and let's talk about the things that happen in the back channels of boxing. So what happens in the public domain is normally the culmination Either you're trying to force someone's hand or they've forced your hand, right? That's why you come out into the media. Get ahead of the story. Take control of the story. We're in this position because what has happened is people have realized what the money fights in the sport are, right? And they know they can be middlemen. If they can get access to the capital to stage these fights, they can announce themselves on the attachment. It's a chance for you to feel important. So if I'm well connected in the Middle East, why wouldn't I go to Sheikh Mansour? Why wouldn't I go to Sheikh Maktoum? Why wouldn't I go over to Saudi and chill with the royal princes and propose the undisputed fight, the fight for the ages? You know, the defining fight. The... Maybe the, the best natural boxer 
on the planet. The best natural heavyweight since Muhammad Ali versus maybe the best trained heavyweight we've had in a long time. You know, Usyk evokes a lot of Holyfield when you watch him fight. You're looking at something monumental here, right? So if you can get access to that capital and say, look, here's how we can do it. All I have to do then is present it back to the parties and say, guys, there's a fight here if you want it. So what's happened in the Middle East is everyone's gone running off, hit their address book, said, right, I can make this happen. I can make that happen. I can make this happen. And so it's, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to juggle it. You're trying to do it like Don King style, right? Like he did with the Rumble in the Jungle, where you go to the guys, look, if you stump up this money, I'll give you the undisputed fight. And in parallel, you're running over to these guys going, if you do the undisputed fight, I can guarantee this much money. And then if you time it right, you get everything to come together at the right time. If you don't, you, you end up with Amir Khan fighting Billy Dib, which, you know, isn't great in and of itself. But let's come back to this point. Joshua could have said no at any point between the Usyk defeat and now. He could have said that. And that would have given us more confidence that he wants to atone for his loss. But here's what happened. In Dubai, there were conversations, casual, in groups, right? You know, when you're on holiday, you're relaxed, you're with your people, you say stuff. The question of stepping aside was put to Joshua, and Joshua said 15, 20 million. Then it was, would you step aside for 15 million? And he said, yes. Shades of what happened with Wilder. They put him into a corner where he committed to a number. Now, all of these people running around with, with the shakes and the princes and the whatever. They now have a thing that says we can move Joshua aside for 15 million. That's where that noise came from. So that noise goes back to Bob Aaron because they're saying, yo, Bob. They said they can get Joshua to move aside for 15 mil. And Bob's like, eh, Bring it to me when it's real. And so Eddie Hearns caught wind of that. Now Eddie realizes, I don't want to be in that same situation with Wilder where someone calls our bluff. So he says, no, it's going to be 40 million. AJ wouldn't step aside for less than 40 million. Are you crazy? He doesn't need to. You know, he's the main man in the division. He is the sport right now. That's what Eddie will say. So even before all of this noise kicked up again, by the end of the year, the discussion was around that. That's why Coogan Cassius asked the question about stepping aside. Because the chatter in the Dubai boxing bubble had been about Joshua being willing to step aside. And Joshua's response was, people know better than to come at me with that nonsense. But he wasn't telling you the truth. What he should have said was, I am open to offers. I won't be disrespected. I have a contractual right. I will enforce it. But if you can make it worth my while to pause that for a bit, we could be in business. Instead, he thought he was back on the Meridian estate throwing his weight about being the bully. And it didn't work because now they've put the gun to his head. If you step aside and we make this fight, we can put this money in your pocket. Now what do you want to do? And in a scenario like this, Eddie and Bob Arum and Frank Warren don't control it because they don't have direct access. 
and the relationships that other people in the Middle East have. Like, this is all going through people who know people who know people. Because that's how this deal is going to get done. And so the traditional thing is when the promoters and the managers tell you something's going to happen, then that's when you kind of believe it. But we're at that point now where these middlemen are just as knowledgeable and as powerful because they have to make it happen. Some of it's business, some of it's just custom. And also, you want to share the glory out. That's how you elevate your country and you make yourselves important in the sport of boxing. So all of this considered, all of this, you, you, you look at it, you go, right. Is he going to step aside? Yeah. He started off being bullish with Coogan, but by the end of it, he was like, yeah, well, if the offer came my way, I'd obviously make the calculation. I'd look at this and I'd look at that. So he started off saying, I'd never step aside. And then he's walked it back to saying, make me an offer. I'll work it out. And then if it's the right offer, I might take it. Right. And he tried to hide that behind being, I'm a smart businessman. I'm this, I'm that. Anthony Joshua understands the game. Right. He understands the game because he was a student of Vladimir. And Vladimir said, sometimes you've got to pay people so that you maximize your own earnings. And he'll know that. So he'll understand that at some point to maximize his earnings, he might have to take some step aside money. But what we can do now is we can fill people with hope and we can go, look, you're going to get undisputed. It's just going to be 15 million to get rid of AJ, maybe another four and a half million to get rid of Dillian. And we've got undisputed. It's a $200 million fight. Ah, ah, ah. Let's all, you know, let's all flap our wings in unison. But are we going to get that fight? You have a feeling that if the talks have been going on since November last year, maybe October last year, we would have had a deal in place by now even just heads of agreement. And it doesn't seem we're any closer to that. So if the talks and negotiations are still happening now, which you suspect they are because no venue has been agreed, no broadcasters have been contacted or approached, you're not looking at a fight before May. Tyson Fury's not in camp. AJ's not in camp. Usyk's not in camp. Dillian's not in camp. Deontay Wilder's not in camp. None of these guys are in camp because they don't have opponents. They're ticking over and they're training by all means. You know, they're being solid professionals. But there's a difference between ticking over and camp. None of these guys are in camp. So you're looking at tail end of April, early May at the best of times, right? And that depends on which fights you make. So we're not going to see this thing resolved any time before that. The other blocker to, to an undisputed fight is Dillian. What do you do with Dillian White? So a good tactic is to bury him in paperwork and go, right, we're going to put so many requests in, so many you know, challenges, all of this that we're going to delay this arbitration process till June. And that gives us a window to get this fight done. And then whatever they adjudicate on, we're, we're happy to live with. So once again, Dillian gets done dirty. You know, and people will be annoyed about that, but this is the nature of the sport. There's too much money at stake. If you're Tyson Fury, why do you want the Undisputed to happen now? My, my theory of Fury has always been he doesn't really want to box anymore. He literally wants to win all the belts, hold them, have them for a bit, vacate them all. Vacate them all, and just fight people he finds interesting. Fight Derek, 
fight whoever. I think that's all Fury wants to do is have some fun now. Would he fight Deontay a fourth time? He probably would just for some, just for some fun. But I don't think Fury's got that that three or four fight run that people expect him to have. I genuinely think after Undisputed, you might see the end of Tyson Fury. So Undisputed kind of has to happen for him. It needs to happen for ESPN because they've got one more fight with Tyson Fury on that contract. I might be wrong, but isn't it something like three Wilder fights, a Tom Schwartz fight and an Otto Wallen fight already? And there's one left. So ESPN are like, we need to recoup. Bob Arum's like, I need to recoup. Frank Warren's like, I need to recoup. Tyson Fury's like, I need to cash out. And then I can vacate, but once I've got that status, I can fight whoever I want. And I don't have to worry about anything else, and all the money comes to me. So he's incentivized to make it happen. But have we got time? It doesn't feel like we've got time. I don't know if Fury can survive the inactivity. At his age, you've got to stay active. At Joshua's age, you've got to stay active. So all of this protracted you know, discussion around what to do is a worry. Because we're not going to get these big fights until the end of April, early May. And then, then we're into Canelo season. So, so Hearn's booked up, what, till the end of March? Then there'll be a fallow month of April where we thought we were going to get Joshua versus Usyk, but neither man is in camp, so you wonder if that can still happen. I still hold out that Joshua will fight middle of, uh, middle of April. And then we're into Canelo season. And no one's going to fight in Canelo season because it's going to mess up their money as well as his. So then you're looking into June. If Undisputed doesn't happen in April, it can't happen before June. But then if it can't happen until June, both guys are going to fight in the interim. And so then it won't happen again until September, October. That's how ridiculous it is. It, there's the, 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 are there too many moving parts? Yes, but there are too many egos involved in this. The fight should just happen. Just forget step aside. The fight should happen, but that's not the way that the sport works. Also, also worth bearing in mind that you don't necessarily want to be fighting in the Middle East come May, June. Yeah. Could be a bit of a nightmare. You probably don't want to be in Vegas either. So you're looking at the United Kingdom, which also comes with its revenue issues as well. So there's a lot There's a lot that, that needs to be ironed out pretty quickly. And it doesn't seem that anyone's in a rush to do so. Eddie definitely isn't. So my instinct tells me Undisputed could happen. It tells me that it won't happen based on what I've seen in boxing before, where boxing loves to shoot itself in the foot. The following question is, is there 15 million in this fight to pay Joshua off? There probably isn't. You might get seven to Joshua, three to Dillian. And so in a hundred million pot, that's 10% to keep these guys quiet. Everyone else can still eat. That seems to be the best scenario for me, but I'm not a pocket watcher. I just, I struggle to see how you can keep both guys happy because it's, Dillian taking step-aside money is him basically saying I'm not fighting for a world title till the end of 2023, by which point he'll be God knows how old, 34, 35. And it's not like him to take easy fights. So by then, he might be a bit more shop-worn than he'd like to be when he fought for a world title. But let's zero in on AJ for a second. and Let's talk about why this is bad for him. When you're meant to be the foremost 
British heavyweight. You're meant to be the guy that carries the division. We can't see you take backward steps. We, th- this generation of people who listen to this podcast are all well aware of Lennox Lewis. And at no point did you ever see Lennox take a backward step. Every fight offered to Lennox, he was there. He, he called for every fight he should call for. People say, oh, he ducked the Vitali rematch. He won the first fight. I'm, I'm okay with the idea of not fighting someone a second time after you've beat them. That's fine. And he retired after that. I think that's sensible career management. But now let's contrast it and let's look at the, the main guys who, who were the opposite of Lennox. Mike Tyson. I don't remember Mike being hungry to fight a lot of these guys. And he talked tough in the media. Do you remember? Lennox, I'm coming for you. All of that stuff was there. But he never really wanted to make that fight. Same with Evander. You never saw real hunger to make the Evander fight. You look at Riddick Bowe. Riddick never looked hungry enough to make that Lennox fight. Although paradoxically he did three with Holyfield. So you can't say he's soft. But he was never a guy to, to go after it like that. So Joshua doesn't put himself in great company when he's hesitant about repairing his legacy because if he takes the step aside money it's almost like he's accepting defeat when he told us repeatedly post Usyk he couldn't accept that defeat now that energy you put out will come back to haunt you that's what that's what fans have an issue with no one no one has an issue with Joshua taking step aside money they have an issue with Joshua saying he would never take step aside money they have an issue with Joshua saying he only wants to fight Usyk they have an issue with Joshua saying this is about my legacy and then going I'm going to take the money because it ties into a wider discussion around When's the last time you saw AJ on the front foot? He hasn't been on the front foot since Wilder said, we'll fight you for 50 million. Since then, he's been on the defensive. After the Usyk defeat, he went even further back in retreat. We haven't seen front foot Joshua in a long, long time. And so for the money man in the division, that's a worry because we want to see front foot Joshua. We do. As boxing fans, we want front foot Joshua back. But everything we've seen so far looks like back foot Joshua. Risk averse Joshua. I'm not thinking about my legacy Joshua. But we want AJ to say actually I'm going to fight Usyk. I don't care about Fury. I don't care about anyone. I want my belts back. Why am I going to accept 15 million when I could fight this guy here with all these belts at stake for 200 million? I'm a smart businessman. But I'm a fighter too. All of these messages could have been played out. But the fact that he's on the back foot like this tells us that this is, this is not the Anthony Joshua we saw on the way up. This is the Anthony Joshua that's looking at his exit strategy. This is an Anthony Joshua who's done his analysis. And if he hasn't and his team haven't done this analysis, they failed him. If he fights Usyk and he wins, what's his run of fights? Let's be diplomatic and say he gets a Dillian fight next after Usyk. Just a bit of a loosener. Then he's got to fight whoever for Undisputed. 
It might be Diddy, it might be Fury, it might be whoever. Once he's done that, now you've got the problem of whoever's next in the WBC likely to be Wilder. Whoever's next in the WBA likely to be Dubois. Whoever's next in the IBF, I think likely to be Yoka. Whoever's next in the WBO likely to be Joyce. Six hard fights. Six fights that will take years off your life. Six fights where you'll have to put your body through hell, camp after camp after camp. No filler, because they all have a right to fight. So there's no voluntaries in between that. Now you have to pay guys step aside, but they've been waiting so long, they're not going to take step aside because they know you're vulnerable. Because you're back foot, Joshua, now. So whoever ends up undisputed has a horrible run of fights going forward to the point where you wouldn't even want to hold on to the belts. And I think Joshua sees this now and he goes, I'm not trying to fight all of these guys. I'm trying to get my money and run. Give me my 15 million. Let me fight the winner of this fight. Let me fight Wilder and I'm gone. I think Fury feels the same way. Let me get undisputed. If it's not Joshua, let me fight Joshua. I might have a bit of fun with Derek and I'm out. These guys can't be looking at longevity now. There are too many killers lining themselves up for these opportunities. And it will take years off people's lives. I'm saying that seriously. These are hard, hard fights involving hard, hard men. The real paradox here is, as we grow to appreciate more and more what Joshua does in his local community in Watford, and it's incredible work that he does, and you have to respect that, we respect what he does in the ring and in the sport a lot less. The thing that saves Joshua is he knows his fan base isn't that intelligent. So he can say what he wants and they'll lap it up and they'll believe it and they'll run with it. And they'll amplify it through social media. So he's okay. Because he knows his fan base aren't the sharpest tools in the box. I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. They generally aren't. And they'd admit that they blindly follow Joshua because they need a hero. Cool. Have your hero. I think there are Fury fans who are of a, a similar ilk. You know, not quite, none of these guys are quite in the headbanger territory, but they get to that point where you do worry about their ability to feed themselves and, you know, go to the toilet by themselves. But overall, I look at Joshua and I say, mate, you painted yourself into this horrible corner where you said, I'm a throwback fighter. I'm not backing down from anyone, any challenge, anything. And you've shown anything but that since the Usyk fight. You've painted yourself into this corner. It's hard for you to get out of it. Sometimes I wonder if Joshua even wants to be undisputed anymore. Or if he just wants to get his money and go and do something else. Because I, I would, I'd think that, look, I'm, I'm, I'm 120, 130 million into this. Why am I still doing this to myself? Who am I doing it for? I'm done with the sport. You know, he can tell Coogan all the things he wants and do all of this stuff. He looks like a man who's done with the sport. He ain't in love with it anymore. You, know, you see him in Loughborough training and he smiles and he loves being around mates, I guess. But we don't see that in the ring. We don't see a guy that's happy. So you do worry. You do worry. And I, I don't want to labor this point when I'm talking about this, but in terms of the step aside, just bringing it all back, I think you're going to see the fights as they were designed. I think Usyk will fight Joshua just because 
I think Usyk wants to rubber stamp that and he wants to have his career in his own destiny. And I think Fury will just want to get rid of White. They'll either get rid of White or they'll frustrate him through the legal process and pick someone else to fight in the interim. But I don't see Undisputed happening next. I don't think there's time. I don't think there's the financial interest in doing so at the moment. I think if you look at the most likely candidates like Saudi, Saudi have got the Newcastle thing they need to deal with. It, you know, The capital that was there for Joshua Ruiz too isn't necessarily there now. People need to remember that. And let's not forget, Usyk is living in a highly charged nation at the moment. Does Usyk really, I mean, does he really want to be thinking about fighting at the moment? I don't know. But what I can say is that there are so many elements just in play at the moment that you're almost certain that the fights are going to happen as they're meant to. There won't be a need for step aside, in my opinion. And I think that will basically just show that Josh was for sale. And I don't think that's what his fans wanted to hear. I genuinely don't. But I, look, I thought I'd give you my take on the, on the whole step aside thing. I don't think it's a big deal. I do think, you know, it's a bit of a contradiction to go from saying I'm a throwback fighter to then not being a throwback fighter and saying, yeah, I'm here for sale if you want to pay me. But I don't think anyone's got the money to pay him what his ego believes he's worth, if I'm being honest with you. So I think the fights will go on as planned. He'll lose to Usyk. And then he'll fight the biggest fight of his career, which will be Wilder. And that's the fight he should be going for anyway. Because that will make him the most amount of money and that will get him over in the United States. The undisputed thing would then matter a bit more after that. But then again, what do I know, man? I'm I'm just tin I'm just tin hat tea. So I'll leave it on that note and I'll say, guys, have a fantastic week. You know, stay strong. And until the next episode, don't forget to subscribe, don't forget to like the stuff, don't forget to share it. You know, let's get a few more retweets. Uh thank you to guys like Boxing Barry, Danny Watley. Um, Winnie and everyone who shares the stuff on social media and on Instagram especially with the links to just click straight through all of that stuff is appreciated I promise to God have a great day guys and goodbye